Chaco. She clutched her laptop bag and waited with a dozen or so others. Job interviews were so intimidating. She dressed carefully, dark trousers, simple striped shirt, low-heeled shoes, and her laptop bag containing everything she needed. No extra handbag, all tidy and businesslike. She hoped she'd get the job. It was exactly what she would love to be doing. Her phone was on silent, but she could see it flashing. It was her mum, and she didn't want to deal with that right now, so she put it back unanswered. But when it rang thrice, and it was mama all three times, she thought she'd better check it out. Sandhya, darling! Her mum burst out before she could even say hello. I have very bad news, darling. Chaku was in a car accident. It was a terrible crash, I'm told, many cars. The ambulance couldn't even get to them. We must go. I have to be there for my brother at such a time. I know you haven't been back since. Her voice trailed away. Sandhya remained stiff and silent. But I hope you will come now. This is a time for family to be together and support each other. Her voice fell away again. Mama, this is terrible news and I'm very sorry for them. But I'm not going back there. And I don't want you and Papa to go either. Though I can't stop you if you feel you must. I'll call you when I finish my interview and make all the arrangements. She felt the inquisitive eyes of the others on her. They couldn't help but hear her part of the conversation and it must have intrigued them. She busied herself with her bag, cursing herself for taking the call in the first place. She hadn't been back to Kerala for 23 years. They used to go every summer to spend the holidays with their grandparents and Mariamma auntie, Joseph uncle, Chako and Susan. Chako was the eldest, then Sanjay, then herself, and Susan was the baby. But after, she just refused to go back. Thrown such hysteric crying fits that her parents had had to let it go. She'd go when she was ready. And she'd never been ready. The more she tried to block out Kerala, the more insistently the oversweet smell of jackfruit attacked her nostrils in that pristine waiting room. Across her lap, on which she'd fixed her eyes, plantations of coconut trees and banana plants swayed gently in the warm breeze. Velayamachi's off-white and gold chateyam mundu with the pretty fan shape at the back and the big gold kunukku hoops in the tops of her ears were clear in her mind's eye, and Valiapachan's soft cotton jibba mundu with its faded gold border. How severely had she kept all these sweet memories away, and how persistently they now tumbled into her head the floodwaters released by Mama's phone call. She opened her folder and tried to focus on its contents but she could see only the soft ripples of the backwaters behind Velayamachi's house and the slippery steps that led down to them and the diamonds glinting off their wet bodies as they ran and jumped repeatedly into its dark 
deliciousness. When they'd first gone, Sanjay and she, they'd been terribly nervous. With a patched tire tube for support and clinging desperately to a rope tied to an overhanging tree, they'd gone in step by ginger step, squealing and crying and laughing. In those early days, one of the house staff would sit on the steps, chewing on a stalk of grass, watching them idly as they played and calling them to order every so often. He'd called off Chaco's more harebrained schemes. So perhaps if he'd continued to come in the years ahead. But once they'd earned their stripes, he was called away to more pressing work. Sandhya snapped shut her unhelpful folder and stored it away in her bag. She left the room, looking for a drink of water and a visit to the loo, trying to break the chain of memories pressing into her mind. When she returned, she was informed she'd be next, and she dragged the straggling wisps of her attention back. She walked tall into the interview room. She'd pulled herself back into the zone. There were 15 minutes of crisp exchanges, rapid-fire questions and confident replies. Her experiences and aspirations dovetailed well with the job as described, and she felt she had a real shot. The older man in front of her folded his arms and leaned back in his chair and started asking a very different series of questions about her personal likes and interests, sports, movies, music, her friends and places she wanted to visit. It was unusual, but not bizarre. It made her feel good, actually, that he was now looking to see how she'd fit in their corporate culture. She felt very positive. So his next question threw her for a six. What part of Kerala are you from? And that's the last thing she remembered when she came to and found herself still sitting in the room, alone, her cheeks wet with tears, her heart heavy with long hoarded secrets and no idea of the 20 minutes that seemed to have passed and what she'd said or done in them. She did her best to pull herself together, picked up her stuff and got ready to leave. She'd blown her dream job and she was furious with herself, her mom and even with Chaco. What terrible bloody timing! She approached the woman who'd been keeping track of the interviewees. She should at least say thank you and bye, whatever else. The woman looked at her inquisitively, but also solicitously. Are you better, dear? Sir said you were feeling unwell and asked me to let you rest, but to check on you in half an hour. I was just coming. Sandhya assured her she was okay and thanked her and her boss for their consideration. He's asked you to wait. Can you? The woman asked. And Sandhya nodded, wondering what it was about. He's continuing the other interviews in the boardroom, but you can go back and sit in the waiting area. Are you sure you're okay? Would you like something to eat or drink? Sandhya repeated she was okay and trudged off, lugging her laptop bag to the now almost empty waiting area. Memories pushed relentlessly into her head and she felt she was drowning too. Chaco had liked them both well enough when they first went. But with each successive visit, there'd been four, his attitude had hardened. 
He'd always been the blue-eyed boy at home, first-born son of a first-born son, destined to carry the family name into the future and keep its star shining. And yet these interlopers, especially his primary rival Sanjay, seemed to get all the attention when they came. Everything was geared to their likes and dislikes, and Sanjay was given priority over him, Chako, and his initial friendliness towards his city cousins had turned bitter inside him. He was older and stronger and the host as he was reminded a hundred times a day and he must generously give to them and he knew fighting would only push him further into disfavor sandhya he tolerated he didn't consider her a challenge but he encouraged sanjay to climb trees he knew shouldn't be climbed and deliberately or so she'd convinced herself lost him in the crush when they went to the market Sanjay himself saw none of this nor did any of the adults nor had she at the time but she'd had 23 years to play it over in her head and she'd started seeing patterns they'd all adored their golden big brother Chako and trooped behind him like a tiny contingent hanging on to his every word and action the breath holding was a common game in the water so was splashing each other and trying to touch the bottom and playing tag and leap frog and swimming races but this time chako said he'd hold them under to help them hang on a bit longer susan wasn't with them that day she was laid up in bed with a fever or something sanjay and sandhya both agreed readily and with chako holding them down they each increased their count and were super excited It was tough though and she remembered kicking and scratching him but he made her hold on a few more counts and so she came up spluttering and bursting for breath but delighted at the rising count once more once more last time chako exhorted sanjay and he held his nose and jumped in chako held him down and sanjay kicked and sandhya jumped and clapped excitedly because it was going on really long When Jacko finally pulled Sanjay up, she didn't even realize that anything was wrong. She was squealing, but Jacko shouted at her urgently to go call somebody from the house. Quickly, quickly, run! And she saw Sanjay looking blue and ran as fast as her little legs could carry her, and they bounded down to the water with their mundas flying open behind them. But it was too late. Too late. Too late for Sanjay. She sat there in the warm waiting room shivering and shaking as she experienced the horror all over again cursing her own cluelessness even though she'd been only 7 how was she to have known better but she should have she should have the visceral hatred she developed for Kerala for her grandparents lovely old home and for Chako in particular had shrouded her mind and heart in a blackness and she'd point blank refused to go back going crazy every time it was even suggested till they stopped bringing it up entirely as she grew older she'd put all those horrors in a box sealed it and refused to look at it again but mama's phone call had thrown open the locks and the demons wafted menacingly around her as she waited her summons knowing that wasn't going to be good news either 
She took herself off once more to the washroom and splashed cold water on her face and neck. She felt calmer when she returned. She decided she'd actually try to think about what Mama had suggested. Going back, sometime if not this time, she promised herself she'd try. And just then, the interview controller called her, sir was ready to see her. How was she to apologize when she didn't even know what she'd done? He was on the phone and waved her to a seat. As soon as he put the phone down, she burst into confused apologies, driving him from his own room. How could she apologize enough? He let her run her shot. And when she was done, he said very simply, I'd like to offer you the post, Sandhya. I know something major happened today. You don't need to say what. So I have to ask you, are you still interested? She just gaped at him. It was unbelievable. The tears rolled down her cheeks again and he calmly offered her his clean white handkerchief. She accepted it, laughing and crying at the same time. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sir. I'm not normally like this. But I got some unsettling news as I waited outside today and it brought back many bitter memories. And I just never expected this. I thought I'd lost it for sure. I can't believe you'd consider me after all my hysterics. Yes, I heard about that. I'm hoping every day with you will not be like this. And I'm going to give you a chance in that hope. So don't let me down. Now pull yourself together and be off with you. And you'll get an email to confirm the details. You may keep the handkerchief. I won't let you down, sir. I assure you, she answered gamely. And I'll bring back the handkerchief properly washed and ironed on my first day of work as a token of good faith. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. She fled the room. The black rage she'd felt in her secret heart all these years seemed to have leaked away with the tears. Perhaps it was just time to let go. She found it in her to consider for the first time that Chaco's actions may not have been premeditated. That it may just have been a childish prank gone horribly wrong and that he may have lived with the massive guilt all these years himself, including with the knowledge that she'd held him culpable. She found herself out in the bustling street. A thin drizzle had started, but she wasn't bothered. She groped in her bag for her phone and punched the buttons. Hello, she said cautiously. Mama? Mama? 